and non-benders alike, welcome to Braving the Elements, Nickelodeon's podcast about all things Avatarverse. I'm Janet Varney. And I'm Dante Bosco. And this will be our first book to recap, Varney. It's here. I'm so happy. We are back in the Komodo Rhino saddle, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) I'm excited about it. We talked last week about where we were in season one. We needed just a little more of an emotional break so that we could get ready for what's to come because we agree that this season does come in hot. Yes. And we're going to have to survive it together side by side. It's a lot's going to happen. I know. Just watching the first episode, the Avatar State over again, it got me so excited about what's to come, but it got me so scared also with <laughs> the reveal of my sibling coming in hot early. Zuko does not get a break. He had a rough finale of book one, and he is just in it beginning of book two. I know. And this leading to believe the Fire Nation, not only do we love fire, we do love the letter Z. We love the letter Z. <laughs> and... If you're you of anyone of any royalty <laughs> or even hold a high rank within the nation, you might get a Z in your name. Or if you think you're someday going to be held in any high regards in Fire Nation, you may have the honor of having a Z in your name somewhere. Okay, so if I, Janet, were to enter into the Fire Nation as an important figure, would I become Jazzit? Yes. Because Jazzit is pretty cool. It's pretty jazzy. Or Xanit. Yeah. I guess I hope it's Jazzit when this inevitably does happen. <laughs> I mean, you're already in the Fire Nation, but if you had to take on your own name, Dante. No, that doesn't work. Dantes. Ooh, Dantes. Dantes. Put the Z at the end. Don't mind if I do. Here comes Dantes. He's going to. Yeah. For Braving the Elements, I'm Jazzit Varney, and I'm here with my co host, Dantes. Dantes Bosco. <laughs> I like that. I'm in. So just to get everyone in the mood for what is going to happen in this episode, of course, we know that Zhao's out of the picture, got a good look at Koizilla. We know that Katara and Aang are both getting to learn how to waterbend, which is great because it seemed like maybe Katara wasn't going to be able to advance her skills with a Z. And so for this episode, when we do come in hot, we see the team leaving the North Pole. They head to an Earth Kingdom military base and they want to get back to Omashu so that Aang can learn earthbending from Boomy. And they have this whole experience with this general that sort of stops them in their tracks. It is not the just kind of escort to Omashu they were anticipating. It's a lot more than that. And it becomes very quickly all about the Avatar state, how to get there, whether you can get there, what it means. All of that stuff is really going to be super important in this episode. And of course, equally important, we meet Azula, which is Zuko's sister, and she shows up with this whole story that could potentially flip Zuko's entire life on its head and take him back to the Fire Nation. This episode was written by a whole slew of fine folks. Elizabeth Welch, Tim Hedrick, Aaron Ehas, John O'Brien. It was directed by Giancarlo Volpe. And for our cast, obviously we got to point out the great, great, great Grey Delisle comes into play. We also have Daniel Day Kim as Fong and Takayo Fisher as Lo and Lee, who we don't get to see very much of in this episode, but who are very, very intriguing characters indeed. We'll talk about that a little deeper into our recap. And we also have our old friends Victor Brandt as Paku and James Garrett as Roku. So we've talked about Azula coming into the picture. There's a lot of tension between Zuko and his sister. Of course, she's like daddy's little girl, and he 
There's a lot to unpack in this episode, period. Yeah. This is a lot going on. Yeah. The last book, they did that little hint of Azula. She like kind of smirks. Like, <laughs> really? You're going to just side eye me with a little smirk? Yeah. Yeah. And also, I would point out, too, this episode, I thought of you when I was rewatching it because, you know, you are quick to remind everyone that the Fire Nation is not all bad, nor is the Earth Kingdom all good or the right. Northern or Southern Water Tribes. It's not as simple as all that. Uh, and here we have this general that we're about to talk more about who he ain't great. Right. Without you, we'd be slaughtered before we even reach their shores. But with you leading the way. As the ultimate weapon, we could cut a swath right through to the heart of the Fire Nation. Well, he has his issues. Yeah. Speaking of obsessive, he's almost as obsessed as Zuko is with getting the Avatar. Because it's also one of those things where as we get into the episode, it makes you think, I mean, I'm with the Avatar. And it's like, maybe it's not such a bad idea to do this. Yeah. And then we're going to find out a ton of stuff about how the Avatar state kind of works, or at least what the stakes are when an Avatar is in the Avatar state. In the Avatar state, you are at your most powerful. But you are also at your most vulnerable. You want to get us started with our recap, buddy? Let's get into this. So, I think it's safe to say that book two starts off strong and intense. We're inside Aang's dream and and he keeps confronting himself in the Avatar state. From the Northern Air Temple to blasting his friends and himself away to... Breathing and slicing through air with fire as Koizilla. We see the elements represented in this very out of control way, which we already know from book one is a part of the Avatar state that Aang fears. Mm. And I think it is interesting. I was watching it. It's a young Aang, but when he's dreaming of himself, as we know now, it's older Aang, right? Like the animation, I'm like... Yeah, he looks so much older, too. Like, just when he's in that Avatar state, it's amazing how just his eyebrows and his frown add years. Right. And you really see, you kind of get that sense of all the Avatars behind him totally. at their full maturity. His body looks like book three. Oh, he's yeah. He's seeing himself. He's actually seeing like, oh, that's book three Aang he's seeing. Can I tell you? I didn't even notice that. I'm so glad you brought that up. I was so preoccupied with just like how scary it would be to dream about seeing yourself in the state that you're very intimidated by. It's crazy. Totally. It's just that when he's in book three, he's a little more cut up and he's like more grown up. And it's like when he's seeing himself, I'm like, that's book three, Aang. Yeah. Oh, you're so smart. Now it seems like his fear has grown even more since what happened at the North Pole. And Aang wakes up and he and Katara go out to the night sky and the dark waves. And Aang tells her about his dream. For all you Katang people, there's like Katang moments going on there. Yeah. And how scary he was. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Nah, just a nightmare. I was in the Avatar state, but I was outside my body watching myself. It was scary. I was scary. The next day, Master Paku gives some important gifts. Katara gets an amulet containing water from a spirit oasis. And then Aang gets more waterbending scrolls to use in his training from Katara so they don't have to steal any other waterbending <laughs> scrolls along the way. Like, here's the full library. Yeah. Here it all is, uh, which is a good thing. And then, of course, Sokka gets a, and take care, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sokka. Which I You couldn't love. give I mean, him, like, a new hatchet. You couldn't give him, like, a special boomerang. I don't know if he's royalty, but he's one of the higher up. You know, he's the chief son of the southern tribe. This is yeah. what's wrong with the northern tribe. You know, it's a beautiful place to visit. It's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. but they don't really think highly of their southern brethren. They're like, whatever. Here's a pat on the shoulder. 
You know what? You're not wrong because I also feel like even in his voice as he's telling Katara how he's giving her this special water and stuff, there is still this kind of grumpy sense yeah. where he's like, try not to lose it or whatever. You're it's like, you are grumpy through and through. Exactly. He can't help himself. This amulet contains water from the spirit oasis. The water has unique properties. Don't lose it. Thank you, Master Paku. Hang. These scrolls will help you master waterbending. But remember, they're no substitute for a real master. Sokka? Take care, son. So he gets to take care. He gets to take and care. And where are they headed? Where and are they the going? He needs to fly to the Earth Kingdom, baby. Let's go. First class tickets on, aboard Appa Express. Thank <laughs> goodness for our friend Appa. Yep. Actually, they, they do give a shout. He's like, a guy, General Fong, is going to meet you. He does say that on the way out. Like, General Fong yeah. is going to meet you. And you're like, cool. And then they fly, and, and it, Fong will take them to Amashu for the real earthbending training with Boomy. And the next thing we do is we got to go check on presumably Iroh and Zuko. We first just see Iroh. He seems like he's doing just fine. He's at this beautiful spa. You can see this illustration in the Avatar art book, too. It's this beautiful spa that's like stretched across a river that's going into a waterfall. There's cherry blossoms everywhere. It's very Iroh. And he's getting this massage. The cherry blossoms are like softly floating down. I love that. They're coming across like a Kurosawa film. It's like, what's going on here? This is great. Don't you want to go to that place? I do. And so we find out that he really needs this massage because he and Zuko were stuck on driftwood for three weeks without food or water that's rough buddy so after the finale the last episode they were just drifting on some driftwood (laughs) me and uncle on a driftwood that's a sad sight so on top of everything else you were trapped on this driftwood and now you have to deal with the fact that it's the three-year anniversary since zuko was banished that's not gonna help his mood again they don't let up on zuko's like can we be happy that we kind of helped things out when we killed you out? No. Guess what? Let's start this episode in a bad place for Zuko. I lost it all. I want it back. I want the Avatar. I want my honor, my throne. I want my father not to think I'm worthless. And I would say the truth of it is put that last sentence first, and that's what he wants most. Right. It's like he finishes it with, I want my father not to right. think I'm worthless. But it's like, yes, I don't know. You said that last. I'm starting to feel like maybe that's what you want the most. But most of us say what we mean later, not early. <laughs> yes. We wouldn't say the rest of what we're going to say. True story. So now we go to that Fire Nation we've just been talking about and we reveal da, 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 Azula. And from wow. the jump, she is just like utterly in command. You know what I mean? That energy that just very confident. It's like Zhao times 50, how confident she I is. I hate her. Oh. Can I just say it right now? I just see her shoes and they pan up and then she says something snide and it just brings oh. back all the memories of just what the heck's going on. Oh, she has yeah. nothing nice to say about nothing. Yeah. I yeah. don't like yeah. her at all. The way she wears her hair. I don't like <laughs> that whole attitude. You can save that. Yeah. She's so comfortable striking down anyone who disobeys her as they're hunting. And we know, yeah, they're hunting Iroh and Zuko. She is looking for her own family members. She says about, like, I know you guys might have a problem hunting down the royal family, but don't worry about it. Like, if you don't do it, I got something hot for you. 
Uh-huh. She starts questioning <laughs> yeah. the water and the waves. Like, come on. Like, what? Yeah. You need to be more afraid of me than nature. Yeah. I hate her. <laughs> All right. Let's leave her and go back to Team Avatar. Tell me what's going on with those guys. So over with Team Avatar, they've reached General Fong and his soldiers who welcome them enthusiastically. It's great. They come out. There's fireworks. Fong is like, you guys are our heroes. Even mentions Appa. Yeah. You guys are big heroes. Appa. Appa got yeah. a shout out. That's uh-huh. amazing. <laughs> the stories of Aang and the North Pole have been getting around, and Fong is fascinated by Aang's power, and he thinks he's ready to defeat the Fire Lord now. Yes. And it's clear that Fong sees Aang as the ultimate weapon. Yeah. Avatar Aang. We were all amazed at the stories of how you single-handedly wiped out an entire Fire Navy fleet at the North Pole. I can't imagine what it feels like to wield such devastating power. It's an awesome responsibility. I try not to think about it too much. Avatar, you're ready to face the Fire Lord now. What? No, I'm not! And speaking of weapons back on the Fire Nation ship, Azula is giving us all a first look at her firebending prowess. This is again a thing that surprised me. Because she comes in hot. We just met her. We met her attitude. And then all of a sudden, blue lightning. I know. I just met her. And she got the blue lightning already. Yeah. Really going to show that off right now? But from an aesthetic perspective. I don't care about aesthetics. (laughs) Azula, as Zuko, I've been doing a lot of stuff for a whole book. And don't come on this show your first (laughs) time and start showing off, flexing, blue lightning all over the place like (laughs) i just want to say and i know it's gonna get me in trouble i do think it's impressive how scary that color blue is i mean we've been spending all the blue we've been seeing is like the water tribes it's beautiful not to say that there's not some scary stuff that that they can do with the water but that blue lightning is so cold and electric i think the art is so impressive because it is still just very very cold it's like i don't like this takes the firebending that we've known and felt and loved so far as like an element and intensifies it into lightning it's so creepy it's truly creepy touch lightning but we all know (sighs) that it's gonna be hotter than fire we know what it means and i love how it represents azula's mind and her spirit that idea of this sort of it's just so cold and precise and like you think of lightning as being this thing that exists so far away and it comes down it just zaps you and then it gets out of it there's just a sense of like you don't matter i'm this is bigger than you it's not emotional i get it varney you like the lightning you like azula's <laughs> I lightning i just think it's a good achievement of the show i got to it. show how just how kind of intense and frightening she is. Now, I also want to say we get this very, very quick glimpse of these two old, who appear to be twin ladies. We don't know anything about them, and we barely see them. So that plants a real seed of mystery. Why is Azula traveling with her ants right now? What? She just decided to bring her ants with her? We got to find out more about that because, again, they drop that mystery in, and then it's gone. It's gone before we even get a chance to really look at these two women and figure out what's going They're on. They're also directing her. They're, like, giving her notes on that lightning. Yes. And yeah. then, but then you see how Azula's kind of like this perfectionist. She's so driven and like just one bangs out of place and she's so mad we see right after she's practicing with this lightning and we see these old women 
we also see Iroh, right? And he wakes up with a start and it's like, are these two women going to be the anti-Iroh? Because I think that's sort of what you think when you Mm. see Iroh wake up with this sort of worried expression. Is he sensing something? Is he, and I think, you know, it's probably safe to say he very well could be because he is this very kind of sensitive person. And when Azula's headed that way and there's some lightning going on, something wakes him up. He's not feeling great about it. Now, over at the fortress with General Fong, you know, I guess Fong made a pretty strong case for this idea of Aang needing to just push ahead and figure out how to get into the Avatar state. And he uses that thing that always gets used against Aang when someone's going to use something against him, which is this idea of like, we need you now. And P.S., you were gone for a hundred years and so you really think right now is the time for you to take it slow which is a good case that's his button right that's pressing ang's button ang's button already he has so much guilt about that and so right. ang of course like it takes him down that road of you know it's true i need to help people now i can't wait any longer right. even though katara is like don't do this this is wrong Sokka seems fine with it i mean he's got a little people pleasing in him and i get that he does but let me say it's never a good sign when you have to say something like Katara, I'm just being realistic. I don't have time to do this the right way. None of us feel good when we have to say, I know, I don't have time to do it right. I just have to do it now. That's never a good sign, right? I know, I know. You're right. Luke Skywalker (sighs) didn't finish his training. I mean, none of those guys in Star Wars, they just went straight to Darth Vader. So he maybe saw that movie and he was like, I'm just going to go for it. (laughs) None of the Skywalkers (laughs) finished any of their Jedi training. So he's just not a great argument. It's not a great argument. So Fong's going to trigger this Avatar state, right? Like, that's his deal. He's like, let me help you, because I know you can't just jump into it. You know what also gets me is, not only is he late, and everyone, there's the guilt of being 100 years late. He's like, people are dying. And you're Mm -hmm. like, I do have that power. Yeah. I can understand him, like, going along. And I think you almost have to see if you can figure it out, because he doesn't even know about the Avatar state yet, how to control it. He he might be able to. At this point, he doesn't know. a good point. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like the way it feels. Yeah. But if it can help stop the war, then I I get it. Yeah. So the first attempt to trigger the Avatar state is some real strong tea, Uh (laughs) which was very funny. And then Sokka tries to surprise him with Momo on his head. Uh-huh. <laughs> like he's trying to get rid of the hiccups, which was kind of scary. It was like, damn, that was crazy looking. I wasn't expecting that either. <laughs> yeah. But that didn't really work. And then, you know, they tried to trigger it by him having wearing all the clothes of each element. And then they put mud on them. I get that one. Like, what if we give him each element and light him on fire? Oh, yeah. Give him then- a piece of clothing from each element. He just ends up sneezing and splattering mud all over everyone. Right. And then what's happening with Iroh and Zuko? Over with Iron and Zuko, there's an unpleasant surprise of Azula waiting for him where Ooh. they're staying, which was shocking. It's like At Hello. some point in your life, don't you kind of want to be in a room where someone doesn't expect you to be? So you're that person sitting in the corner. It happens in so many movies and stuff to be the person that's like, hello. And they're like, huh? Hello, brother. Uncle. What are you doing here? In my country, we exchange a pleasant hello before asking questions. Have you become uncivilized so soon, Zuzu? Don't call me that! Yeah, just unpleasant surprise for Azula. It's just when her voice happens, it's cringy. It's just like, oh no. And Azula's waiting for them where they're staying. And we get to hear Azula call him Zuzu. Mm -hmm. She's so condescending towards me. You know that? Don't call me that. I'm older than you. But this is when she's being nice. So what does that say about it? 
she's calling Zuko Zuzu, and then she says, Father wants Zuko home. And I'm looking like, uh-huh. what's she talking about? I gotta love Zuko. Zuko has a pure heart. He's just like, Dad wants me home. He almost wants to hug his sister at this moment. <laughs> she's like, we're gonna go home, Unc. Dad wants yeah. us back. Until you just said that, I didn't think about the fact that we see Fong press Aang's big button. Like, that's his weak spot. And she presses your weak spot button right after that. She presses the button of like, guess what? Your dad wants you back. He does love you. So we have that nice partnership of those two. We see these two characters that we've grown to know so well. And we we know, right? As viewers, we're like, Fong is totally pressing that button. And it's like, Azula's totally pressing that button. Totally. So they both get it at the, right around the same time. Dad yeah. wants me home. It seems a little too good to be true. I don't know. So he's left to process that. Katara, meanwhile, tries to talk to Aang about the Avatar state. She's trying to talk him back out of it. Like, look, this is dangerous. And by the way, not just dangerous for you. It's really hard for us to see you go through that. It's hard for us on the other side of this to see you going through the Avatar state and what happens and all the feelings that it brings up and the exhaustion and all that kind of stuff. But he, again, we talked about it before. He feels like he's trying to make up for the hundred years that he was gone. But Katara's like, you know what? I actually can't watch you go through this. I can't watch you trigger the Avatar state. I can't watch you go into the Avatar state. And she's just like, I ain't going to be there. And meanwhile, Iroh is struggling to make sense of what Azula told them. But like you said, Zuko is in. And it's because he wants it so much. He is ignoring the, pardon the expression, red flags. And we have this moment where Iroh it's like, oh, there's so many of these moments in the show where you're like, Zuko, you are so preoccupied with your father. You can't see that your real father is right in front of you. And he's worried about you. <sighs> I care about you. And if Ozai wants you back, well, I think it may not be for the reasons you imagine. You don't know how my father feels about me. You don't know anything. This is where he's like kind of warning him, right? And then the irony is like Zuko, of course, snaps at Uncle Iroh. It always hurts my heart when he snaps at Uncle Iroh. Yeah. Especially when Uncle Iroh's trying to like look out for him, but then he's just going to be like, you don't know nothing. My dad loves me, and you're just oh, a, you're worthless. Oh, Zuko. But this is, again, this is like Uncle Iroh started book one in a whole different place. Kind of like this funny clown. We don't know how important he's going to be. Now starting book two, he's already has this whole other weight yeah. going on with him. This is the first episode, and it already yeah. feels so different. Oh, yeah. And it's going to go even deeper, right? Later in the episode, we got some even heavier stuff. So what's going on back with Aang? So Aang's dreaming again. And guess what? It's still not great. Sure, it seems like he's being warned not to let the Avatar State control him. He even dreams about Zuko. Yeah. And then finally, finally, Aang sees reason and decides he's going to give the bad news to the general that he's not going to do it the next morning. And I I love how Sokka is just like, okay. Sometimes you think you're going to tell friends something that a big news like, I decided I'm not going to do this. This is on my heart. I've been dreaming about this. It's been giving me bad dreams. And they're just like, cool, yeah, don't do that then. (laughs) Which, by the way, he was also totally fine with him doing it. So Sokka's like not really invested in either one. He's like, yeah, go ahead. Go do it. Yeah, a lot of people are dying. Go ahead and do it. And then he's like, I've decided I'm not going to do it. He's like, yeah, go ahead and don't do it. That's fine. <laughs> but then, when your ride or die friends are like that, they're actually cool with whatever decisions you make in life, and that's great. And then you think whatever you're gonna tell Fong the next day is like, oh, maybe it'd just be like Sokka, like so cool about it. Oh yes, you're right. He's not yeah. that cool. The next morning, 
Zuko gets ready to go home, and Zuko, he's in the best mood. I've seen him in this whole dang show. True. But then Iroh won't let him go alone. Yeah. Iroh meets him on the stairs. Zuko's so happy. And then Aang tells Fong he won't go into the Avatar state. So basically, Fong is going to force it out of him. He starts a fight, basically, right? He picks a right. fight. It is a cool fight. This is actually the first time we're seeing the Earthbenders fight this intricately, I think. Mm-hmm. Those big moving discs that almost look like coins, that almost look like money or something. They're very, very cool. They're very big and they're very intimidating. Fong really means business. And it's cool to see how he evades them. Mm -hmm. Inside of them, outside of them, through them. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. Well, Aang's such a master at defense. He works a strong defense. Meanwhile, uh, Zuko and Iroh do arrive at Azula's ship. And I swear, this is like the warmest Azula will ever sound for the rest of the series. She sounds so sincere. She's just like, oh, welcome back. Yes, this is going to be so amazing for you. We can't wait to welcome you back in. And she's gone to all this trouble of just lying, ball face lying in a very convincing way. And then she has her soldier who's like, all right, everybody, we're taking the prisoners home. It's like record scratch, like, uh-oh. And Iroh acts quick he wastes no time he knows what's up. he's like no we got to get away he, we got to get away iroh knows the deal the whole time he knew so that's going on you see they've got to figure out how to get away from azula quick and meanwhile with all this other fighting that's going on over at the fortress in the earth kingdom katara she said that she wasn't going to be there to see all this happen but there is so much noise there's so much happening that katara finally is like i gotta go down and see what's up so she comes down to see and she finds out oh he did say he wasn't going to go into the avatar state now he's being attacked by fong to try to pull the avatar state out of him so she's got to get involved she starts whipping that water around it's looking good, except he does end up still trapping her. And he has got her in that sand. He's basically taken the earth, opened it up, and has started swallowing up Katara. No, thank you. And that's his instinct. And he's doing it with his hand. He's like... It's awful. Twisting that sand. And little does he know that attacking Aang is not going to bring about that avatar state really is not going to work that way at least not as quickly as what happens when he attacks someone that ang cares about and right. when he uses that earth to swallow up katara and ang leaps forward and he's too late to get to her as ang yeah general fong's plan works all right it works real well avatar state achieved can I say I love how they're going back and forth from Zuko to Aang. Yeah. So they weave it so beautifully. Yes. We yes. saw it in the previous episode of the storm. Yeah. Back and forth with the storm. Yeah. The way they're going back and forth in their story. Again, it, the mirroring of their stories from two different kind of places and the way it's done so brilliantly. Yes. I love that in this episode. And it builds that tension. Completely agree. And so now Zuko and Iowa are trying to get away. It's the first time we see Zuko and Azula fight. And uh, she's good, right? <laughs> but if you watch the episode, first and foremost, Zuko's not dressed right. She's wearing armor. <laughs> and I don't know what Zuko's wearing. He has a little bit of a gown or something. Like he's wearing very soft, silky uh -huh. travel kimono. Yeah. Like Zuko's got a pink robe on because he thought he's going to travel in yeah. first class back yeah. home in the nice ship. <laughs> and she's in full armor, Barney? Come on. I know. I mean, he does pull out the cool fire daggers, and then she lightnings. And you're like, not that cool. But we see Iroh can redirect that blue lightning, which was pretty awesome to see. Yeah! 
You know, father blames uncle for the loss at the North Pole. And he considers you a miserable failure for not finding the Avatar. Why would he want you back home, except to lock you up where you can no longer embarrass him? And then, Fung is trying to get Aang to see reason, and he's destroying everything. He's full Avatar yeah. State, destroying everything. Yes. And then suddenly, his spirit is whisked up to Fang and Roku, and they go into a journey on the back of that dragon. And Roku explains what the Avatar State is, but then he says you're at your most powerful because of being connected to all the past avatars, which is amazing. However, yeah. if you get killed in this state, then we all die forever, and the Avatar yeah. cycle is broken, which is a pretty big deal. I guess don't die in the Avatar State, for sure. I mean, I guess it's good that he wasn't that close to dying in any of book one, because he definitely did not have that information. Whoo! Watch out, everybody. Break the cycle. Right. It's a super intense thing to find out. And so now Aang has this information. He returns back to his body. He ceases being in the Avatar state. And Fong hasn't even learned his lesson. I mean, Aang was wreaking havoc, just basically destroying the entire fortress. And Fong is delighted. He's like, we did it. High five. Nobody? Up top. Nobody? No one's into this with me? And Sokka just comes up from behind and just knocks him out. Hits him on the back of the head. Knocks him out. And yeah. the other soldiers, they seemed pretty worried by this whole thing anyway. And you sort of see them. It's not like they're eager to pick up the gauntlet, you know, when Fong gets knocked out. You feel like they're kind of like, uh, sorry about all yeah, that. Yeah, they uh, weren't into it either. So, what's up? What else is going on? Uh, would you like an escort to Omashu after all? And very understandably, the gang is like, I think we're good. <laughs> like, we came here thinking that you were going to give us that escort to Omashu. That's not really what how it panned out. So I guess we're good. What? We'll just go ahead. We definitely don't need you to escort us. So they're heading off to Omashu to find Boomy. And meanwhile, because Zuko and Iroh effectively did get away. So yay, yay. I will give up top for that. Yes. High five. And Azula is back in that village where Zuko and Iroh were hiding. We see those cherry blossoms. And she just wants everyone to know that anybody who harbors them is going to face the Fire Lord. Which, by the way, that really just means face her. You know what I mean? She's like, right. she's using the Fire Lord, waving him around. But she's going to be the one who takes everyone out. Totally. And then we see for the first time the wanted posters. She's like yeah. got out of the water, went straight to the printing press. She had to get that information out there. She's got to find him. And we have this wonderful beginning of this second season where now the guy who made those wanted posters for the Avatar, who has been looking for the outlaw, who has made the Avatar into a sort of outlaw, is now an outlaw himself. Zuko and Iroh are fully yeah. on the run. They got to go into disguise. What's the first part of your disguise? You got to cut off your ponytails. It's so heavy, too. It's such a heavy... That is heavy. And let them go into the river. Ugh. Them floating down the river, it was like cutting the past off, too. It's like, you know, as people cut hair, it's like about releasing the energy, yeah. everything that you grew there, because you got to move on. There's so much in this episode. 
It's a phenomenal beginning to book two. It comes in super hot, just like you said. And we've laid out a ton of stuff. We know about the Avatar state. There's some super key information that came back. We know Aang has to continue to let go of this guilt that he has because he can't make decisions based on having been gone for 100 years. That time has passed. It happened. Now he has to do the best he can to be his best self, which includes taking that extra time. As hard as it is to make the decision to do that, he still has to take that extra time to make sure that more lives aren't lost in the long run. He has to see the big picture in that way, right? And I mean, now we got, we just said it, you know, we got Azula coming after Zuko and Aru. Now we got Azula and she feels like she's going to be with us forever. Yeah, she's settling in. She's getting real comfortable. She's like, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. What you said before, it's like Zuko becomes the one hunting on book one to the one being hunted in book two, which is fascinating. I forgot that Zuko put those wanted posters out on Aang. <laughs> Don't feel too good when your face is on the wanted poster, huh? Yeah. Everything's coming full circle. Yeah. It's like everything is hitting very hard and makes you think a lot. And there's, it's a gray area. Should we get the Avatar state? Should we try to harness that power? There's no right or wrong answer. I can totally understand why everyone's making the decisions they make on that end in the Earth Kingdom. Right. And then Azula's totally horrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought I had it bad that I had to listen to you badmouth Jow the entire first book. I am in for a ride with how you have to process Azula in book two. She just comes in so hot. It's like zero to a hundred. Yeah. No three, no nothing. No. I'm going to come in lying. I'm going to come in with blue lightning. I'm going to come in with my party dress on and ruin all the party and no fun for you, Zuzu, forever. I'm going to change the subject. I'm going to take your mind off it. Unfortunately, I can't take your mind that off it because I was going to go into Animal Crossing, but I'm not even sure that we see any kind of striking, like memorable new animals. So we'll just say, uh, yeah, forget about Azula. Wasn't it fun to see Fang the Dragon again, though? You know, got, got to see Avatar Roku. The dragon was cool. Roku and the dragon. Very good, cool. Love it. Fire Nation member, not after Zuko, a Fire Nation person who's definitely not after Zuko. Technically, he's, I guess, not Z- fully alive anymore, but that's fine. Now, let's get into the most valuable bending and non-bending moments. Mm. Um, Let's do this. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, tell me what you think about this. I feel that this, what I'm about to suggest for both of these are maybe unprecedented because I'm going to just go ahead and spoil it right now. I'm going to suggest that the same person receives both most valuable bending and most valuable non-bending. I don't know if we've done that before. Listeners, if we're wrong, let me know when we did that the last time. But I would like to suggest that most valuable bending, I mean, it was a big deal when Iroh redirected that lightning. He protected his nephew. He showed a very important skill. And I feel like I really like that. And I obviously love Iroh. I'm wearing a shirt with Iroh on him. I know how you feel about Iroh. And if we go there, I also felt like he wouldn't even have been there had he not had the potentially most valuable non-bending moment of just being smart enough to go, something ain't right. This is not right. I know this is wrong. I don't trust Azula. I'm not going to let my nephew go alone. I'm going to be there for him. I'm going to be ready. 
I'm I'm saying MVP across the board for Iroh coming in strong in mm. episode one of book two. What do you think? You make a good point. You make a good point. I guess because, yeah, what if Zuko just went alone without Uncle? If Uncle didn't come. Yeah. And then I'm just all up in there with my silk 90s on and she's standing <laughs> and then I'm in trouble. <laughs> so I'm with you. I'll give both it. You agree? Okay. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I love 100%. it. I love it. Well, we did it, buddy. We're back. We're back, baby. We're back. But we have an amazing season of Avatar stretching out before us to talk about. And I feel very confident saying that we will have an amazing roster of guests from the show and beyond to help us unpack and celebrate Book 2 Earth. Book 2 Earth, baby. Here we go. You can follow me on social media at the JV Club on Instagram and at Janet Varney on Twitter. And I'm at Dante Bosco on both of those. Thanks for listening to Avatar Brave the Elements and make sure to subscribe and please leave us a review. It really helps the podcast so much and me and Janet really appreciate it. 